Hi, my name is Jay Coles, and this is the Super Lit Podcast. Intro music. Yes. Super Lit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBT community. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. I was like, Sophie. Sorry. <laughs> the green dye is getting to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> today we have a special visitor. Um, it's not Sophie. It's, uh, their name is Jake Coles. And they're the author of, what, um, what is the name of your first book? It's right in front of me. Uh, Tyler Johnson was here is named my first book and my new book, Things We Couldn't Say. I've been literally <laughs> like I, dragging this around everywhere with me and telling everyone about it. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that I have not damaged this book at this point. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's so kind. Of course. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been reading it in the back room at work. Um, the, <laughs> I, I keep referring to, I almost just did it flat out. Um, like cover art as album artwork. Um, <laughs> this would be great album artwork, actually. Yeah, honestly, I would buy this al- I would buy this album slash book just based on this. Um, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Um, I got really lucky. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the things we couldn't say. Yes. So uh, things we couldn't say um, is about a young black boy named Gio, um, who lives in Indianapolis. Uh, he lives in the Midwest, um, which is where I am from, where I grew up. Um, actually, like, um, Gio went to the same, same high school I went to when I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, a teen. And so anyway, the book follows him kind of grieving um, the fact that his mom had abandoned him as a little boy. And uh, one day, uh, she kind of shows back up into his life uh, just when he feels like things have um, he's, he's starting to get a, a, a grasp on his life. Um, but then that kind of turns everything upside down for him. Meanwhile, he's also wrestling with his feelings um, for a boy on his basketball team, which uh, sparks even more complications for Gio. And he just can't catch a break. <laughs> and he's trying to navigate um, what does it mean to start a relationship with his mom, potentially, um, and with um, a new guy on his basketball team. Um, And it's a book that I think really, really does promote, um, um, yeah, blackness, positivity, and, um, you know, the section of blackness and queerness um, and all in the Midwest, so. Yeah, I feel like um, just to start, I feel like I learned a lot about basketball in this book. The last (laughs) few books we've read have been very sports oriented. Um, And I, 
I only participated in running sports, so I don't really know a lot about like I shouldn't say actual sports. Someone will find me in the um, sports that involve balls, um, which is almost all of the yeah. sports. Um, <laughs> yeah, I those those parts in the book were very very well written. I feel like for someone Thank like you. me that doesn't really understand um, sports ball. Um, <laughs> They, uh, it was very well written in that aspect. But um, also, uh, where did you get the inspiration for Gio, for Giovanni? I love his name. Thank you. Of course. Um, so there's so many different ways that I can answer this question. I mean, um, I don't know if you two uh, have any like almost names. If you've ever asked your family, your parents, like, hey, what was like my almost name? Mm -hmm. um, and I had asked my parents, my grandparents, that what was my almost name? And they had told me it was Giovanni. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to use that name at some point uh, in my like author career. And as I had the idea for things we couldn't say, the name Giovanni just really like kept like following me. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember like the first book that I ever read that like really highlighted blackness and queerness was Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. And so it was kind of like all these things kind of really clicked for me. And I was like, oh man, like, it's kind of cool that I can use this name and as a way to like um, honor, you know, James and, and that book that really was one that meant a lot to me um, as a high schooler even. Um, but the, the plot or the storyline that followed Gio kind of came after the character of Gio. So I feel like I started with Gio as like uh, a person, started asking myself questions about who is this kid? You know, what, what is he about? What is, what is his story? Um, what, are, what are his uh, heart's desires? What are his fears? Um, and eventually I found myself reading a lot of articles about parental abandonment. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this is so sad. But I, I kept feeling like, oh man, this is part of Gio's story. Um, he, he's wrestling with this, like this deep loss uh, for years, um, and he's wondering what what happened. What if his what would his life look like if his mom had never left the family, mm -hmm. um, and what's her story even? You know, um, and I don't know if you, either of you are big into the Enneagram, but I am a huge Enneagram person, <laughs> and I'm a nine on the Enneagram, which is like the peacemaker, mm -hmm. but. The Enneagram Nine's like greatest fear is abandonment. And so, which is very true for me. Uh, it's like one of my greatest fears. And so I was able to like write that in a fictional story. Um, it's like, yeah, like Gio really does fear that one day everyone in his life will walk out. So he kind of like distrusts people, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like as I started writing the story, like it, the story just kind of like spilled out of me. Cause it was like, gosh, I'm empathizing with him so much um, with this like fear of abandonment, but also like there's a hopeful piece that he can eventually trust people, that people will stay, um, you know, cause he has family who has been there all along and he has family that he walks into later on in life, like his friends. Um, so that kind of found family kind of trope in there as well. So yeah, I feel like the story of Gio kind of came from different directions, but all kind of like all kind of came together like a like a like a thousand piece puzzle <laughs> um and I, i'm really proud of it so yeah i love the first off like the the almost name story because i feel like um yeah. we all have one of those um mm -hmm. the order of my name is actually supposed to be reversed 
Um, oh. But my my uncle Pat and my mother, um, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I don't think he will. <laughs> oh no! Um, they got into a fight, and so I was named Brendan Patrick, which I think sounds better in general as opposed mm. to Patrick Brendan. Um, <laughs> but uh, Sophie, do you have an almost name? Um, I'm pretty sure my name was almost Fiona, which mm. I was like so down for when I was like a cool teen. Yeah. And I was like, you can call me Fee. I'm gonna be so cool. And then Shrek came out and I was like, thank God my name is not Fiona. Because <laughs> no. that would have been abysmal. No. Um, but yeah, I think I'm pretty sure or I just made that up in my head. I feel like you'd be so rude if your name was Fiona. I'll get a text from my dad when this goes up, if this is an incorrect story, because he usually does that. He'll probably send me a voice message and tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Fiona's a great name, Brendan. Um, (laughs) Beautiful name. Yeah. um, It is beautiful. Yeah. It's the, what is the the scale you were talking about just now? I actually don't know that. Enneagram? Yeah. The Enneagram. And so it's a personality assessment test system, similar to like Myers- Briggs. However, I think it takes it a step further um, with talking about childhood and fears and desires, like basic desires that each personality type has. And so there's nine different ones. Um, There's a perfectionist, there's the helper, there's the achiever, performer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I feel like I'm relating. I very much at once. (laughs) (laughs) I very much recommend reading about and researching like each of the types before you take a test because sometimes the test can only like tell you so much about yourself but like if you're reading about and researching the different types and you empathize with one more than the others that's probably the type that you you are um so that's kind of how I decided and came to terms with I was the nine because I read I read a lot about the nine's basic fears and desires and the whole abandonment issue thing and I was like yep (laughs) <laughs> that's me, Oops, so. me. <laughs> yep. uh, I, yeah. I have a couple of friends who are really into that I feel like it is maybe awesome. more lenient too than Myers-Briggs Myers-Briggs tends mm-hmm. to be like this is what you are and like this is kind of and I feel like I've had friends describe themselves more of like well I'm like a six but I'm like on the cusp mm. of a four like they're kind yeah. of a little bit like you can have traits of yeah other it feels more sure. flexible which right. I think is like more accessible to a lot of people too mm-hmm. right <laughs> that's really cool I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this up yeah there. after this yeah. you're just gonna like <laughs> I'm gonna be sending um both of you probably a million messages about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> start taking quizzes yes that's awesome um <laughs> I, I think the one thing that I really liked about the book in general, so this comes out September 23rd, 21st, sorry, September 21st of this year. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to like do any kind of like spoilery conversation because I want to keep <laughs> the book fresh for people. Um, sure. But I, I do like that um, even though uh, Geo like, he is definitely someone who's afraid of like losing people so he kind of like keeps the like core bits of people that he has around him and he's very afraid to like let anyone else in he also is like but i should definitely give them a chance but i shouldn't but i should and it's it's i think that's like really relatable especially when you have been like burned or just like you're not very open to like new kinds of um people in your life yeah. Uh, it's interesting watching like friends do that, but also like um, like reading about it because I feel like it's something that a lot of people can relate to, um, and that's the, like the one thing I really liked about Geo is that like 
he wasn't completely cemented and like, nope, no new people. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think um <laughs> especially with his interactions with uh like when he gets the email from his mother, um, that was like gut wrenching. I like put the book down, I was like, no, not now. I can't do this. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> not at work. <laughs> I I uh, cannot keep crying at work because of books it's just bad oh. it's bad for business <laughs> everything's fine I just read it. this book and you'll understand <laughs> it's, it's really good for your side hustle. routine to read this book <laughs> the tears are exfoliating yeah <laughs> i'm glad as, as much as like so like i feel like geo is very he's he was a like very interesting character because he did i think have like a really interesting like reaction to a lot of stuff so like it's a lot of things especially the stuff that was happening with his mom he like totally shut down there's like a lot of like heart-wrenching moments where he's pushing people away and you're like no don't do that um but i think like a thing that always stayed true is that he had such like a wonderful relationship with his little brother and like every scene that had like theo in it i was like this is i love this like like it was either like oh. heartwarming because i was like crushed but they were like they had each other or it was just like mm. a sweet moment together so i really i like i love those moments with the siblings it was it was very cute oh thank you i love theo too so i'm glad <laughs> that you also enjoy theo <laughs> yeah i feel like in books especially like book centered on teenagers it's like very easy to be like and here's the younger sibling and they're right. a pain in the ass which is like so sweet that i was like no, he he could hang i'll play video games with him any day <laughs> yeah watch some anime with him <laughs> oh hell yeah <laughs> um i think also within his group of friends it's night it's i i like the like the mixture of the different people that he's friends with like malik mm -hmm. um i was so afraid um at like a certain point of the book that like malik would become like the person that like i'm holding the secret over your head and yeah. i was like oh please don't do this i can't do yeah. it not in this yeah. book <laughs> um but um yeah i really like like the side characters i feel like with books there are only so many side characters that you're like but wait i, I need to read more about you um <laughs> but like this book there were just so many so like miss mm -hmm. diane um yeah. I I feel like um, we like my um, in my neighborhood my friend's grandmother was like our Miss Diane and mm. when she passed it was just like the like the entire neighborhood that like had been around for so long it was just like gut wrenching yeah. Um, yeah and just like Malik and like <laughs> July <laughs> playing Fortnite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old July. <laughs> the people in the book were like really realistic. And I think that's the thing that really makes this story like enjoyable and um, sure. really nice to read too. Um, mm -hmm. Were the like side characters also based on like people or like that you knew or were they inspired by people you knew? Um, that's a great question. I think s some of them for sure were based on people that I, I knew. So actually as I was writing, um, the first draft of things we couldn't say, my grandmother passed away. And my grandmother um, was probably the closest person I had ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of wrecked me. So I put a lot of like my grandmother in the character of Miss Diane, for sure. Mm -hmm. The super like um, sweet, kind, you know, um, person who just wants to take care of everyone's kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is very much my grandmother. Um, and I wanted to write about like how, I mean, this intergenerational like relationship. Cause I feel like oftentimes in YA, mm-hmm. what we see is like the parents or like the older adults get pushed out. Mm-hmm. So you only focus on the teenagers, but I'm yeah. like, you know, bring them in. Like, I want to yeah. see like the dynamics here between like the different generations in the story and in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for some of the older people, like, I mean, even like Aisha's um, parents, mm-hmm. you know, like in the fact that they own the grocery store in the neighborhood and things like that, like I wanted that to be part of the story too, because in the neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, like my cousins um, uh, and their, their friends and their um, parents were like, you know, the, the shop owners in our neighborhood and things like that. And so um, I wanted to kind of show just kind of a really unique community of people that like are in my life and people who like I wish were. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was a combination of uh, basing characters off of people that I knew and um, kind of making stuff up just like July was someone who just completely made up. Um, <laughs> and also like, I like the way that you say Malik's name. Um, oh. I, I actually wait, I very much prefer Malik as that's a really cool way to say it. Um. <laughs> the way that I read it, I was like, oh, this is Mal. I also have the tendency of like butchering people's names. No, you're good. <laughs> really bad. So I apologize. No, you're um, good. Yeah, I, I grew up down, down the street with someone with the name uh, Malik and the way that his, na- his name is spelled is almost exactly the same. Gotcha. Um, so whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, this is their name. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like also when, if there's like a community like store or grocery that's owned by like a family, I feel like that is usually in a community, like part of the fabric of the community. It's very mm-hmm. important, especially if it's one that like the people in the town or community are specifically supporting, mm-hmm. or if it's like the only one, um, which especially in like, I know in like Philly, I learned about, I think it's like food deserts mm. is the phrasing, yeah. um, like there aren't like a large amount of grocery stores that have like access to like different foods or that aren't just fast food. And I know that those are super important in towns. And I know that, especially if it's owned by like a real person, not like a, a shop, right. If you will. Um, it's like definitely something that like, there's usually like a person, like a, a face for it. And I like that Aisha, um, she's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> And I like that her her parents are like, oh yeah, honey, like don't worry, you don't need to come to work today, like don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah very much so. I mean, I really, um, I feel like Aisha is probably one of my favorite characters in the book, um, because I mean, so I grew up in a house of women, mm-hmm. um, so my dad was kind of in and out of the picture, mm-hmm. and so it was me, my two younger sisters, my mom, my grandmother, all in one house, and so. I feel like Aisha kind of represents a lot of my like sisters and their personalities kind of like blended together um, in the way that like um, there's, she's so like determined (laughs) and she's so like wise, like incredibly wise um, for her age, but also like she's so spoiled too, you know, just by her like family and like she gets to like not come to work. (laughs) And um, I think that's very true for my sisters, <laughs> at least growing up it was. Um, but yeah, like I think um, I wanted to have a character like Aisha in the book too, because I think like black women are absolutely underrepresented in 
YA, especially as mm-hmm. like a positive representation of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes in the YA that we, that we have, um, they fit a certain kind of like caricature or stereotype mm-hmm. or the kind of side sassy black girl. Um, mm-hmm. And so I very much want to fight against that um, as I was writing like things we couldn't say because I want black women to be continually be represented in a more positive, not saying that I did it like perfectly, you know, um, but I was very intentional as I was writing the character of Aisha. Yeah, she, uh, I think, especially within like the group of friends, the trio, um, mm-hmm. they each actually seem like people. They're not like a, a hollow shell side yeah. character, like yeah. best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I feel like uh, they each have like little things that make them like imperfect, but perfect at the same time. Mm. Like Ollie is kind of just like an idiot, it seems. <laughs> sure, poor Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think it's good that he has the friends that he has because, uh, oh no. Yeah. (laughs) I was reading one of the lines to my friend. I was like, oh my God, can you believe this character says this? And she goes, oh my God, no. Um, I forget what it was. I think it was talking about Christopher Columbus. Oh, poor Ollie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like read it aloud to her and she was like, no. (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I um, think it's it's good that he has uh, Gio and Aisha though, because they're both like. Uh, <laughs> actually, hold on. We're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna rewire about, that. We're gonna yeah. talk about what you said, and he's like, "Oh, okay, cool, totally. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Just kidding." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so sweet. Yeah, that's the thing about Ollie. I think uh, so. As I was writing Ollie, um, I feel like we all need an Ollie like in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, he's there very much, you know, to be like a fully fleshed out character. Like, mm-hmm. I I hope that that is like what readers take away. But he also is like incredibly funny. He's also incredibly like loving and caring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, like, he's like the perfect friend. Like, he has so many flaws. He has um, some tendencies that like, oftentimes Aisha and Gio have to kind of like check him, you know, or call him out. Um, But he's also just kind of like, you know, he's like your ride or die, you know, ride or die homie. And we all need a friend like that. Um, And so as I was writing like Ollie's character, I was like, man, I wish I had an Ollie in my my life. We all need Um, an Ollie. We all yeah. need a, a sweet, dumb boy with the best of intentions. Yeah. With a strange internet girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, we never really know what, uh, if she's real or not. I, um, I I'm so glad. I, I literally, I ended the book and I was like, there's something that I needed to know and I can't, I don't know what it is. And it just came to me now. Mm, yeah. Yeah, actually, so when I, so when I signed, um, with David Levithan, who's my editor at uh, Scholastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing he asked me on our like first Zoom call after um, my book sold to Scholastic was, he's like, is Ollie's girlfriend real or not? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, David, what do you think? <laughs> um, I feel like for Ollie's sake, I would love for her to be real. Yeah. Um, but I don't think she's real. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing him to just like show it to a basketball game and be like, oh, by the way, this is my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. If there's ever like a film adaptation, I hope that they kind of sneak that in there. That'd be that kind of awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sophie, do you have anything that you want to um, ask or say? 
Uh, yeah, I've got, I have wrote down a couple of things. Like while we were talking, I was kind of thinking about this. One of the things I really liked about Geo um, that I was kind of like, oh, I wish I was that cool when I was like a teen <laughs> um, was he was like really not afraid to kind of like challenge adults mm-hmm. and stuff, especially yeah. when it came to like his teachers. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, there's kind of this like running theme throughout the book of like the To Kill a Mockingbird like assignment and like just the discussion of that. Um, and I think that it's, but like, probably feels like a lot to do with the fact that like he does have these issues with his mom and like yeah. he doesn't necessarily have like entirely stable adult figures who so feels more comfortable challenging them like they aren't mm-hmm. like oh you're an adult so you everything you say is like true or whatever but I just thought it was like really um admirable of him as a character that he was like very outspoken and also like kind of had a lot to back up he wasn't just like you're wrong and I'm not <laughs> going to explain why I'm just like an indignant kid he was like actually this 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 and this are all wrong with this assignment and i'm not afraid to like step up and talk about it i i like love that and having that like in a ya book i think was like really important yeah thank you and i uh i agree with you in the sense of like i wish i was like that when i was Mm -hmm. in high school you know because i mean i just kind of like when they handed me to kill a mockingbird i was like all right i guess i'll do my (laughs) i'll read it you know turn in my assignment or my little essay about it and you know, we'll all move on with our, mm-hmm. with our lives. Um, and so actually that whole like arc wasn't in the original draft. So in the original draft of the story, um, he kind of very much was just like, all right, I'll read this, like whatever, like, mm-hmm. but then as I went back to like edit it, I was like, wow, like, I don't think Gia would just kind of sit back and like, mm-hmm. just kind of take it. You know, mm-hmm. I think like having, weaving that arc back in the story really fleshed out Gio's character for me. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is like, this feels authentic. This is how he would respond to this because he cares so much about the issues that he um, mm-hmm. is pushing back against. I mean, he he's very justice oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we see that he comes from a neighborhood where people are being profiled all the time, where um, there's talks of racism, where there's talks of um, race and, 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 and policing and things like that. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to read, you know, something from this perspective that's like, you know, kind of like his oppressor in, in a way. Right. And so uh, I think when I went back to weed that, I was like, yeah, this feels more authentic and this feels like good and right. Um, and I hope mm-hmm. that like young people who pick up my book to read it, you know, can, can pay attention to that to say like, oh yeah, like you can also push back on this kind of, you know, thing like too, like, um, and then, and I think that the geo does it in a way that's like, not like threatening or like right. mean, but he does it in a, in a way that's like honest and like bold and like, you know, gentle. Yeah. So I, I hope young people, especially like young black kids can pick up the book and say, yeah, like I have every right to speak up for myself. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, think I'm the only person that wasn't tasked with reading, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird as a kid. <laughs> really? I don't know why I've never read it. We're pretty sure we've read it, and then we also watched the movie. I don't know. You're not missing out on anything. Uh, No, I didn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I actually got to read Twilight in uh, Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) That's cool. Oh no, you're the cool teachers. (laughs) We got to like pick one of my like English classes. I I did really well in English classes because I actually like. I think that was one of the one things that I like to do, Um, Mm -hmm. but. I the the I think it was my junior year. We got to like pick out books that we wanted to read, or like the teacher had a syllabus 
like picked oh. and like throughout it like you had to do your own kind of assignments oh, wow. um <laughs> and make playlists uh for one of the things as though it was a movie that had come out um i think oh, the yeah. twilight movies hadn't come out yet so i was making playlists oh, wow <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome I, mean, I love Geo's playlist. The too. Twilight movies are yeah. have the terrible balance of being like questionable movies, but with absolutely slamming soundtracks. Soundtracks, I <laughs> yeah. know, I know. Paramore, I mean, is on. How did they get them, Paramore yeah. so many times? Yeah, I didn't know. Here. <laughs> you need to talk about it. Yeah. What could um, they have on Haley Williams? We need to find out. She's actually that a vampire. Poor woman. She's secretly a vampire. Well, yeah. I had read that. Um, Haley Williams had actually read Twilight Mm -hmm. and had enjoyed the first book and the author had asked her if she wanted to do a song for the movie and I think that's how she wrote uh, The Only Exception Um, which was a really interesting story because I was like man I want to be in that position where I'm just calling up Haley Williams saying, hey, yeah. you want to write a song for my movie? That would be amazing. Gio would love it. I I love how much he loves Paramore. I think especially because like I adored Paramore so much as a kid, like seeing young kids really like the music that I like (laughs) and like respecting artists that like I thought were like really, really cool. Um, It's really nice to see. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I mean, I'm a huge, I'm still a huge Paramore fan. Mm -hmm. Listen to Paramore all the time. And I'm so glad that like, um, David allowed me to keep Paramore in there because I think any other editor would be like, oh, they're so outdated. You know, that's like 2010s, you know, (laughs) like pick someone more relevant. But I was like, no, like I have to, you know, write about like Gio, who's a black kid who loves Paramore because I was a black kid who loved Paramore and who helped me go through some intense grief in my life. Um, And so, um, I, I wanted Gio to have that kind of arc too. Um, so yeah, he's Paramore nerd. <laughs> Paramore transcends time. For sure. For totally. sure. And you mentioned the playlists. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the book too, is like um, being able to just kind of like come up with so many different playlists um, yeah. that were like um, kind of like centered around like even in particular like scenes like like one scene like oh here are like 10 songs that like is about what's happening between Gio and David Mm -hmm. in this one scene um and I'm very much like that like I will have like a you know winter 2020 playlist yeah or I even actually have like a a playlist on my phone that's called um just mellow out you know I I play it Mm -hmm. over and over again just to kind of like chill and relax and, and debrief from like a really, really long day of writing or, or doing other things. Um, and then I also make playlists of each of my like manuscripts. Every book that I write, I create like a playlist for. I love that. Um, so music is, is very important to me for sure. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I have a lot of friends who while they're reading books, they'll create playlists for characters. Yeah. Especially if like, it's like a really like character driven um book and I'm always like fascinated by that because I just like I'm always like I don't have the attention span for playlists all my like playlists (laughs) I've made on Spotify are like five songs long because I really I like lose the plot I'm like oh "Oh, let me make a playlist for like summer okay I'm gonna put these songs on now I'll come back to it later and then I never come back to it 
<laughs> so I'm just yeah. like, but I've, yeah, I have so many friends who do that same thing. And it's just kind of like, it like tracks like little moments kind of in their life. It's yeah. like, I think yeah. it's so sweet. Yeah. I have gay driving playlists, driving no. all gay, if you will. Um, I think that was one of them. I think um, it was. And then I think there's another one, um, Basic Gay Antics. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a lot of Kylie. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it literally, like, I, there was a point in time last, maybe two years ago, that I, like, had this, like, fake idea of this, like, <laughs> of this uh, young, like, gay man coming home from, like, working in the city for, like, mm. from his internship. And the playlist was called Your Gay is Home. And it was, like, spring, summer, fall. And it mm. was... <laughs> It's just like the dumbest thing, and they each have like a little <laughs> like subplot for them. <laughs> really bad. I love it. So I, had a I love great it. Time making those. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like the one person we haven't really spoken about a lot is David. Um, mm. I love a leather jacket wearing basketball player who's like, no, this is this jacket is part of who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um david is actually based on a person that i know in real life um and he he's based on my best friend <laughs> uh, my best friend is named daniel um and instead i, I changed his name in, a, in, the, in the story uh, it might be a little weird when he finds out that i wrote <laughs> him a as love a love interest, interest. <laughs> based off of him um <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so my the life david is a huge like mystery like he has this presence that's kind of like man who are you mm-hmm. you know like i've known him for like five six years now but i'm still like gosh there's so much i'm learning about who you are and there's so much, the surface right like so much grief and trauma and pain that like has just been kind of like um resting underneath like unexplored Mm -hmm. um and that's very much how i view the character of david it's like we kind of see david as like this really mysterious kind of like he's carrying a lot of baggage Mm -hmm. but he's not really exploring that baggage because he doesn't really have the proper person to explore that with until obviously not spoiling anything but until he meets geo right Mm -hmm. um then they're able to like grieve and process things together um but i'm really proud of like how david ended up turning out by the end and kind of the journey that he even has apart from geo mm-hmm. uh, on like his identity and, and what he wants um and who he's going to be with um and so uh, that's the that's a piece that i feel like i wanted i was very intentional with um doing with the two of them is making sure that they were like learning what it looks like to be vulnerable with someone that you really really trust and how that ends up being maybe the two of them. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I love David a lot. I mean, he is a mystery. He wears black leather jacket. Um, and um, we also need a, a David in our lives who's wearing a black leather jacket all the yeah. time and who has a story about it too. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and even David, he has like some really cool music playlists, you know, oh, like yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. and music tastes. <laughs> um, the one uh, thing that I think I really liked too is that um, I think that growing up, men are taught that they're not really allowed to like experience grief or talk about it or like sadness like mm-hmm. outwardly. Um, and I liked that when 
in the book, like when they meet each other, it's like a question of like, oh, will this be the thing that like, okay, I have this person that I can um, like speak to, like that I can be like open about mm-hmm. um, like how I'm feeling. <clears throat> and I think that um, a lot of like Geo, like not wanting to talk about it, I think is because uh, like, I feel like that's just like a common thing with men is that we're not like allowed we're not quote unquote not allowed to like grieve or be like open no. with our emotions <clears throat> yeah um mm-hmm. especially if like you need to like a basketball player like i can't imagine especially with his coach he's not allowed no. to have emotions yeah, yeah. um sure. i think that was the one thing that i liked about this book is that it kind of normalizes the fact that, like no like men have emotions that need to be like gone through and you you have to do it because um you can't let things just like fester your whole life and you have to like sort through them as they're happening. Um, And I like that Gio and David kind of like are those like that person for each other. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the way that like men or people, you know, I, you know, I'm sure that's some combinations of all people, Mm -hmm. the way that we self-sabotage is by, avoiding our grief and avoiding the harder parts of life. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing that I firmly believe is that in order to get to joy, you know, because I believe in joy and not happiness, in order to get to joy, we have to go through grief. We have to go through the stages of processing all those things that are beneath the surface to get to the thing that we most want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I believe that Gio and David have to like, they realize that, you know, they, they like recognize that at some point and um, end up getting joy in the end, right? Because they have to unpack with other people kind of the harder parts of their lives and their past in order to get to the thing they most want. Um, And I think that's true for me. Writing a book like amidst a pandemic Mm -hmm. um, brought up a lot of grief and a lot of harder things that like had been lingering in the closet for a long, long time for me. Um, But now I had all this time to kind of just sit still, let go of my grip and unpack all that stuff that kind of came up to the surface. Uh, Things related to my abandonment issues with my family, Mm -hmm. Um, things related to uh, my loneliness, just being in a pandemic and and being isolated from people, Um, Mm -hmm. all these other things. But I had to sit with that and work through that with other people and with myself in order to get to um, some joy and that I eventually found. And I'm still just, you know, discovering even now as we're kind of like getting vaccinated and and coming out of this this pandemic, hopefully. Um, But anyway, I don't know why I decided to share my entire heart with you guys, but um, that's kind of like some of the things that I was processing as I was kind of even writing uh, Gio and David's journey. Mm-hmm. my own grief and my own processing of the things that are beneath the surface for me yeah I can't imagine like <laughs> writing this book you like if you had any grief like anywhere just like hiding from you like no. it wouldn't just like hey what's mm-hmm. up <laughs> you have to deal with me now yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I think um even if like especially with Gio and David when you meet someone and you you don't quite know them but if you have like kind of that similarity in like some kind of like trauma even if you like really don't you're just getting to know someone you feel so much more comfortable like opening up to them and I feel like that really is kind of like what made their relationship feel so comfortable so quickly like they really just are starting to getting get to know each other in this book but because they have that like kind of similar 
um, trauma in their life and like what they're processing, they could, they already feel so close to each other. And like, you can kind of really right. feel that. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, um, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but in that entire like last page of the book, you know, like really summarizes exactly what you're saying is like, mm-hmm. man, sometimes we like people just land in our, in a, around us, you know, they land in our, our in our labs essentially. Um, and oftentimes like they are people who are there intentionally to, to just grieve with us, mm-hmm. you know, because we all have like a story that's unique to us. Right. And if we're open to those, we will discover like, um, other people who have similar stories to us, um, mm-hmm. and who can help us kind of like, um, kind of unpack, you know, everything that's in like the grief backpack, you know, um, mm-hmm. that we, that I kind of talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I think that's been true for me too. Like, um, one thing that I, uh, have longed for more and more ever since this pandemic has started is like having a core group of people that I can just like meet up with every now and then just say, Hey, like, here's what's on my heart. <laughs> you know, I just got to get this off my heart because it feels too heavy of a thing to carry alone. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we all have a thing like that, that kind of pops up and creeps up on us. It's like that, it's like a thing that just kind of like comes up from the, beneath the surface. You're like, whoa, how did this thing get there? <laughs> Where are you um, coming from? <laughs> exactly. <Hold on. laughs> and it's so easy for us. It's like, you know, the super individualistic American society yeah. to internalize that and keep it to ourselves. Um, but I, I hope that my book can be a beacon that starts um, a conversation or continues a conversation of being able to like have a solid core a group of people that you can go to with those deeper and harder things that feel too icky to talk about with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's like, I'm a, a very like people uh, person. I, I hate saying that, but like I, I <laughs> tell people that I'm very much like a house plant. I need attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sophie knows this. She's dealt with me for a very, very long time. Um, (laughs) but, um, I think that was like the one thing that like being like shut in with like the things that maybe I've been ignoring. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, and I think also within the book too, I know that we've spoken a lot about like the grief that, uh, Gio is going through. Um, but I think also there's like a lot of joy in the book as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's like, I, I really, I think what you said earlier, like going through the grief to find joy, I think Mm -hmm. even just that like phrasing, I think it's just like a, such a like wonderful description of this book and just in general. Um, And it, it literally, it, it never feels like at any point I'm reading the book and I'm like, Oh man, I have to put this down because I can't do this. There were parts where I was like, no, not now. (laughs) Um, But it, it's more like a oh my gosh this this poor kid this thing is happening to him mm-hmm. but it it was never like I felt like a chore reading the book um no. and I think when uh like people hear like a conversation of the book and it's like a serious conversation it's like oh this doesn't sound like it's going to be like a fun time like, <laughs> to, like sure, a yeah. book. but it definitely was something that like while I was reading I was like I feel like this is in the best way possible making me think about like maybe like what am I like holding on to that I need to like let go or Mm. like dig through to find my joy I love that Mm -hmm. phrasing yeah I'm glad thank you yeah (laughs) it's like you're a writer (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) no that's awesome 
Uh, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Sophie, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, not really. We, I, the only other thing I had was about like the playlists and stuff, and we, we oh, kind cool. of already went into that. So, yeah. is there a place um, where we can find the playlist from this book when it comes out? Or, oh, that's a good. <laughs> so, actually, I have a marketing meeting with my team to discuss some, some potential ideas for um, being able to include the playlists in a mm -hmm. more tangible way with the book. So, stay tuned. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this book um there is a bit of time before this book comes out which is really cool yeah. but uh i don't think there's like anything else that i wanted to necessarily say was there anything that sure. like you want um like people to like take away from our conversation yeah i mean i think even like as you're sharing towards the end there like um for read or listeners to this podcast who are going to um check out my book whether that's the audiobook which I'm really excited about. Um, oh, we love hearing about um, audiobooks. Please tell us yeah. about the audiobook. <laughs> yeah, there's an audiobook. Um, I we we haven't really announced who the um, narrator or the um, actor who will be doing the audiobook is just yet, um, but I'm really excited about it. We I got to do, um, I think like seven auditions. Um, got to listen to seven different people audition, people who were really really talented. Um, there's someone who uh, played in Grey's Anatomy who auditioned to um, do my audio book, which was like really, oh, no, really exciting. I just snorted. Um, <laughs> I just got so excited. I hate admitting um, that I'm a really big Grey's Anatomy fan because I get made fun of so often, but it's been on for a hundred years at this point. How is it not good? That's true. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but I've listened to a couple chapters of this, the person who we went with um and them kind of voicing the characters and it's phenomenal um mm. i can't wait for it to be out um it's great um so yeah we have the audiobook or whether you're picking up the ebook or a physical copy i just hope again that people um just pick it up i mean and are able to read a story about a you know black boy who is allowed to be vulnerable who's allowed to cry um, who's allowed to be his himself, you know, his authentic self. He has to learn that. But, and it's not a book about, you know, just black trauma, um, which mm -hmm. is unfortunately all we get to see usually in our in media. Mm -hmm. um, right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I I very much wanted to break the stereotype of like black people are only these these um, people who just grieve and cry and 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 uh, attend protests um and our hashtags all the time but we also have a lot of joy uh, and so i oftentimes say if, if my first book Tyler johnson was here which is about the black lives matter movement if that book is about how hard it is to be black in america uh this book things we couldn't say is about all the joys of being black um in uh, america and so there's some there's some beats in the story that i think really do talk about um, some of the lighter parts of just everyday life for us that um, we don't really get to see in the media. And so I'm excited for people to just pick up the book and to just read a story that um, maybe they've never really experienced before. So excited about that. And thanks for giving me the platform to be able to share about my uh, story um, and getting to talk to you both. It's been really fun. Uh, I can see that you've really enjoyed the book, which warms my heart. Um, <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank we, you like, so much for coming. I like literally when I unwrapped this book, I was like, oh my gosh, this, I can't, <laughs> I, I'm such a visual person that like, I, 
this would make me pick up the book in general. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, and it's it's stunning. Um, also, I just uh, it definitely was such a pleasure to read. So we're really thankful for getting to read it. Well, thank you. That's awesome. I'm so also glad to hear thank that. you so much for coming on and talking with us. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Uh, normally, we bother people about their favorite Carly Rae Jepsen songs. So, I mean, we could. <laughs> Ask I you. could talk about could that scene in the book that. if you want. Yeah, if we, if you want to, sure. I mean, she's mentioned in the book. We she's have to she's mentioned, it. and also <laughs> some some words are said about her not oh, yeah. being the greatest pop icon of this time. And I was gonna ignore it, but if you want to bring it up, sure. <laughs> sure. Turn on your location services. We promise. We just want to talk. I just want to talk. <laughs> um. So actually. Fun fact, I don't really know any Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, oh, and no. so as as I wrote the story, as I wrote that, that scene that you're talking about, um, I had in mind how much I don't really care about Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> but um, a friend, an author friend of mine, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Mason Deaver. Oh yeah. Wrote, I wish you all the best. Yeah. We love Mason. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, Mason, I think really, really likes Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. Um, And so so, um, that's kind of like a nod to Mason in the the, the story. Um, But I, the one song that I think I mentioned by Carly Rae Jepsen in the, um, in the book is probably the one that I've heard the most. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what, what the title of it was. it Call was. Me Maybe or was it? No, it's um, it's Summer Love. Oh, I had, yeah. the, I had the page marked. <laughs> Somebody was like, oh, you mean on page 198? I'm ready to bring this up. <laughs> yes, she's ready to rumble. From Dedicated? Oh, yeah. Excellent. An excellent album. So I would say I would say that one. If I, if I have to give it an answer, I would say that one because that's probably the one that I've listened to the most by Carly Jepsen because I have a playlist of it. So, <laughs> Sophie, I mean, would you say good... that that is an acceptable answer? Uh, yeah. yeah, and also knowing that it is like a gentle nod to Mason, who we love so much. Yeah, all is forgiven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you so much for stopping in, Jay. Um, and also, we've been talking about Jay's book called uh, "Things We Couldn't Say." It comes out September twenty first this year um and yeah you've been listening to the super lit podcast my name is brendan there's sophie green here and we have jake coles here talking to us and we'll catch you in the next one <laughs> i never do the outro <laughs> all right <That's> awesome. <laughs>